In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. I want to begin first by thanking St. Athanasius and all the Holy Fathers of the First Ecumenical Council for uh, today we would not have the faith we have without them. They fought the good fight. They established the faith. We are grateful for their efforts, for their faithfulness, for the love for God, for the love for each other, for the love for the church. So we read the Holy Scriptures, which they gave to us. We stand today in a liturgy that they practiced. So we're very, very blessed today to have them as our fathers and mothers that brought to us that which we today celebrate and that which we today teach. So thank you, Lord, for our beloved fathers and mothers <clears throat> of the church. <clears throat> we still are celebrating the ascension on our way to Pentecost. Uh, I want to kind of do a little summary here and then speak a bit uh, about ascension. You know, the Lord uh, came to us uh, in our sin. He didn't wait for us to get better. He didn't kind of put us in a position where we had to kind of achieve something great and then he would come. No, he came so that we could achieve something great. That's why he came, because we couldn't achieve that was great without him. So we took on our humanity, and in our unity to his baptism, we are given that power of Christ to become what he is in his humanity. That's why he was born. So that we could be united to his humanity, and that we could then participate in that divine energy that he gives to us in our baptism. What a beautiful thing. We thank him for his birth. We thank him for his resurrection, obviously, because he took that humanity and raised it from the dead, defeating corruption and death, uniting us again to God in the ascension. So we see this effort that God makes, and then in Pentecost that we celebrate next Sunday, we see that the power of the Holy Spirit is given to us that we then might live this life. All three of these beautiful feasts are all related. God came to restore our humanity. He resurrected from the dead that that humanity might be raised to life everlasting, that we might participate in that life, and that we would then be moved to ascend with him to the Father and live in glory in the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> So the ascension to us today, what does it mean to us that Christ ascended into heaven? We have this opportunity to live a heavenly life. Amen. Feel free to say anything you want to say. We could live a heavenly life. God ascended. You know, it's very interesting that when we read the scriptures very carefully, we hear this idea that we're there. that We are with him in the heavenly places. In Colossians 3, it says, 
For you have died, your life is hid with Christ in God. You have died in your baptism, and your life is hid with Christ in God. You are with Christ, with the Father. You can live that heavenly life. You can think heavenly things, say heavenly things, do heavenly things. That is what God has done in his ascension for us. So we can do the to-dos, right? We, can, we know what to do. As the, those verses continue in Colossians, we hear it says, Put to death your, in your members fornication, uncleanness, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which are, is idolatry. Put away from you anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Put off the old deeds. We know that which is wrong and we know that which is right. He says, bear with one another, forgive one another. If anyone has complained against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must forgive. Above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and to be thankful to God, let the word of God dwell in you richly. So we know the to-dos, right? We know what not to do. We know what to do. It's very clear to us. I could tell you, is this a virtue? You would say yes. Is this a vice? Yes. You would know. Or you say no, you say yes to this and no to this. You got it, right? I'm a to-do list guy. I've got it. I love boxes. Let's put a box around each of those things, and every day we check them. Or maybe we don't. Maybe we slipped a little bit. So how do we do this? How do we do the to-dos? We know the to-dos. We're in Christ. I'll tell you two stories. A bit sad about me, but that's okay. Um, the first is this. Because I'm a to-do guy, you know? I like the to-dos, especially during Lent. I love the Lent to-dos, you know? You're going to make these big uh, efforts in Lent. You're going to make all these changes in your life. You know, kind of like New Year's resolutions. Lenten resolutions. I'm going to get on top of my life. And so uh, at one point in time, I was uh, connected with Bishop Basil as my spiritual director when he was the bishop here. And uh, so I emailed him a list of things I wanted to accomplish during Lent. And normally, I've said this story before, but it's good to say it again. Normally, he responds right away. I mean, you know, he's around his computer, so boom, he shoots back. Nothing. He says nothing. And so I go, well, maybe he didn't get the email, you know, so I'll, I'll just, I'll continue. So at, by the end of the first week, I had failed miserably at everything. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because you know, you've done it, right? We've done it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read Compliant every night. 20 minutes, I'm going to stand before my altar and read Compline. First night, yes. Second night, half of it. Third night, didn't even show up. <laughs> didn't take long to fail. So I emailed him and I said, Sidney, I hope you got my first email. Disregard my email because I have completely failed. He immediately sent back, he said, beware of enthusiasm. Beware of enthusiasm. 
We can put a to-do list out there that will just shine like the heavens. But to do it, beware of enthusiasm. Patient assimilation of good intentions. Be patient. He wrote back to me, said, do one extra prayer. <laughs> one. Only one? Yes, one. Just one extra prayer. We have to understand that if we're going to approach the to-dos, we've got to be very careful of jumping so far ahead of ourselves that we cannot in any way find successes. And then we have this kind of doom about ourselves. No, don't go there. The other story about this is another Lenten story. <laughs> I don't know why Lent, God just seems to kind of clobber me. It's good for me. It's good for me. So uh, during Lent, uh, at the end of Lent, Father John Finley and I have this tradition that we hear each other's confessions. And so as we approach the fifth week, we get together and we hear each other's confessions. And he asked me, he says, well, how are you doing? I said, horribly. He said, everything I set out to do, the fast is a disaster, that uh, all the prayers I tried to accomplish, and I'm upset, I'm frustrated, I'm, everything that I pushed myself out to do, I, it was just like, maybe not complete failure, but I just felt like I never got to the places that I expected to get to. So he says this to me, he says, Father Nicholas, it sounds like you need a savior. <laughs> it worked, Lent worked. It sounds like you need a savior. And that's exactly what we need to do the to-dos. You can't do them without Christ. It's impossible without God. You must understand this. You know the to-dos. So the to-dos are one thing, but to be is another thing. How are we to be? Because that is the secret to to-do. So it's very critical to us. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. That's where your life is. It's with Christ. Let me add one more thing here because there's a beautiful passage in uh, 1 Peter that I love. It says, Do not let your beauty be that outward adorning or arranging of the hair, the wearing of gold, or the putting on a fine apparel. Don't let your adornment be the externals. But let it be the hidden person of the heart. Let it be the hidden person of the heart where God dwells. Where God is. That's the secret to the to-dos. You have to be in Christ. He is your strength. He is your firm foundation. He's your refuge. He's your deliverer. He's everything to you. Without him, you can do nothing. You hear it, you know it. You have to be in him. It's about being first, then doing. Being in Christ to do the things of God. Being in Christ to obey the commandments. Being in Christ to be able to forgive. Being in Christ to be able to overcome anger on all our vices. To be in Christ, to love, like God loves us. So this is the secret for us. This is, this life in Christ is the true life. 
It's where life is. It's the, it's the reality. It's the greater reality. We live, tend to live in the old man, in the lesser reality. God says, no, don't live there. Live with me in the heavenly places in the greater reality, where the potential, your potential spiritually increases exponentially. Exponentially increases. You can be everything that Christ is in his humanity if you're in Christ. This is so critical for us to understand. We all want to be Christians. We are Christians. We want to live this Christian life. We want to do the things that God wants us to do. We want to do the will of God. To do it, you have to be in him. Find the hidden person of the heart. In the scriptures we heard today, Christ's priestly prayer, that his name is revealed in us. That he is glorified in us. In us. We keep his name. We are one in him. This is beautiful. His joy is fulfilled in us. He loves it. He loves it when we're in him. Because his joy is fulfilled in us. Christ's joy is fulfilled in you when you're in him. It's a place of rest. It's a place of peace. It's a piece of, place of quietness, a place of warmth, a place of joy. Doesn't that sound like a good place? And, there's, and that place, beloved, is in you. And you know where it is. Have you felt? You felt it, right? A little quiet moment. There God is, right? There God is. That place is precious. That place is sacred. That place needs to be protected by you. That place needs to be coveted by you. If you lose it, you need to find it. If you lose yourself in that place, if you're floating around out there and not living in the inner, that, that hidden person in the heart, you need to find that inner person again. That's where joy is, peace is, long-suffering. All the virtues exist there in Christ. What a beautiful thing. Find that place. That's where you want to pray, right? When you pray, you want to pray in the heart. Let the mind descend into the heart. We pray from our heart, that hidden place. So, this is the lives of the saints. We read the lives of the saints. Why? Why, do they, why are they act, able to act saintly very consistently? Because they live in Christ. They have found the hidden person of the heart. They found it. And that's where they live. We need to live there more. We need to be grateful first that God has given us that place and that, he, that we can live there. We need to be so grateful for him that he came to restore our humanity, resurrected it, ascended it to heaven, that we could live in the heavenly places, sends the Holy Spirit so we can do these things. So, beloved today, we are grateful for God's mighty work, not only in this world, but in our own life personally. I want you to take that away. That don't live in the to-dos only. Live in the bees, to-bees. Live in Christ 
then you'll do the to-dos. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.